There Boom. it is. We are what live. What up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome, Happy welcome, Memorial welcome. Day. Or All something right, like so. that. Introspective Memorial Day. Introspective Memorial Day. We'll start it with that, James. Hit the intro. <laughs> Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. There we go. <laughs> All things it up. It Ladies works, and it works. gentlemen, welcome to another episode. We're ready to have some fun on this Memorial Day uh reverent day yeah you know it's fine we're day we got a, we, a day that everybody is off of work and we just need to remember those who have fallen and given us the opportunity to have amazing barbecues and open up the summer that's right you don't have that's to try you there it is try, think about it that's, that's right. right that's right give it a thought all right let me uh introduce our guest today really quickly here ladies and gentlemen in today's digital age an online presence for most companies is an immutable business asset. Especially moving forward post-COVID, it will be even more important than it's ever been. With that online presence comes online sales. And with online sales come the credit card processing fees. We know them. We don't necessarily love them, but they sure are not going anywhere. Today's guest is here to talk with us about how your business can thrive in a partnership with a high-quality merchant services company founded on a foundation of merchant services with a conscience. We love those businesses with a conscience. So tune in today to learn what makes this company tick. Joining us on this Memorial Day from Southwest Merchant Services, please welcome to the show, Andy Killian. Thanks, guys. Hey, hey. Guys, I was a guys, little guys, late oh, on my own. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's good to be here. Well, Andy, thank you for taking time out on this holiday. Uh, tell yeah. me a little bit about uh, how you got into this whole space. Sure. Um, you get tired of laying off, you start your own business, right? I was in government contracting. I was a journalist. Um, government contracting was great. Finally found somewhere where I could like hang out for a while. I thought I was going to build a career in it. And things happen. Contract doesn't go through on time. Your department gets downsized. Got over it. Got into the merchant services space, um, slinging credit card rates. Uh it found out that that space is overwhelmed. Um, you you all work with realtors, you all work with insurance providers. Now imagine both of those things, but you don't need a license to do them. Okay, something that is very much a price-oriented kind of uh, you know product. Um, but anybody with a high school diploma can uh, can go diploma. That's what they call them, right? Yes, that's what they call. They can them. go and do it. Um, and that's what I was doing. And uh, got kind of burned out. I didn't understand what I was slinging other than a price. Got into the software side of things and found that there's a lot of service to be offered. There's a lot of value to give the clients in addition to just a great rate um, to help them learn about their business, to help them focus on the parts of their business they need to you know, give more resources to or to remove resources from. Hey, do we need this much staffing on this day? Hey, how much in sales do we do on this day? Hey, what is the profit margin on these products? Those kind of things. Those don't just, th those can't be commoditized. That information is value added. Um, and I got really into that. And that's um, 
what I've been doing for the last seven years, and then uh, added the low voltage contractor's license on. Here I am. So tell me a little bit about what you mean by value added, because, you know, it's it's something that that a lot of entrepreneurs say, you know, like I, I talk about that all the time when you're communicating things, when you're prospecting, make sure you bring value, make sure you bring value. What are you what? How do you define that? Yeah. So um, in my case, it came through bundling. Like I said, it was hard for me to just go and sling a rate. So many people were doing what I was doing in the credit card processing space. I'd be in a restaurant that um, was my client or I was trying to solicit as my client. And somebody just like me would walk in and be like, hey, I can beat your rates. And it doesn't make you feel good to know that like everybody is doing the same thing. And so it's like, what sets you apart? It's very cutthroat. Yeah, it is. And, you know, how do how do I separate myself? And so learning about how the, the software that runs a hospitality business, a restaurant, a bar, a hotel, um, that that's huge. And so many companies now bundle the credit card processing with the software. Um, some of them don't. And so learning about those and then learning about the software, tra training people on the software, installing the software, supporting it. When people call and say, hey, I'm looking for information on sales that I did on Memorial Day two years ago to kind of adjust my staffing. Hey, I, need, I, I have some concerns about the employees that show up at 6 a.m. I feel like they're not reporting all their sales and maybe there's some sketchy activity going on. Those tools and the follow-up that comes after that, that's that's value added. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, anytime uh, you're helping a business owner with their particular metrics and what's going on with their particular business, that's huge. How much, I mean, so I work with a personal trainer. Have you ever worked with a trainer? Uh, like fitness-wise? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I've had a few spurts here and there. Or even, or even a business coach, right? That they're going to tell you that you can't grow anything if you're not measuring it. You mm -hmm. don't know what where to put your focus on if you don't have metrics. And so giving people the tools to go like, oh, this is how we grow. That's that's where it's at. To, or to know we are growing. We we are not growing here, but we're growing here. Showing them kind of that it, it's very, it's it's way more fulfilling and rewarding than just going. I saved you money, and a guy come is going to come in after me and tell you the same thing. Yeah, you, know? you give you give life to the data that they're collecting, right? Because yeah. there, there's a there's a big difference. Like for example, I mean, my background's in taxes and accounting. So when I look at somebody's business and I'm looking at their P and L, for example, um, it's it's difficult to tell them, uh, look, this is uh, where I think you're weak. This is where I think you're strong because the numbers say a story that they may not understand yet. You have to really kind of explain to them, look, this is where you're short. Your cash flow statement is saying this, even though your net is saying this, and we need to adjust here and there. So they're collecting data at all times. You know the receipt count, you know the dollar intake, you know when it's busy, when it's not busy, and all those things help these merchants create better staffing, create a better plan to and essentially help their bottom line. Absolutely. And Consider that if I'm selling the credit card processing also, also part of the story is you think you're getting a, a worse rate. You think that your rates aren't as good as they could be. Somebody's advertising a rate that you think you could get better with. Well, you don't know that, but I do now because I see your average ticket. I know how much mm -hmm. your average sale is costing you. And I know how much per sale is coming out for credit card fees. Uh, I know that if you were able to bump that average ticket up, you'd see a huge change. If your coffee shop is average ticket is $2 per swipe, 
will start offering a little bit of food and bump that up to $10 a swipe, you're going to save massively on your credit card statement. Um, and, and similar to what you do with um, taxes, if I say, go take a look at your action log, you need to know what your employees are up to. We might see that there was a void and there was a cash drawer opened and there was a void and a cash drawer opened and we go, hmm, hmm. we need to put together a story here um, of things that go on. And ultimately what people come to me for is not like, <laughs> it's not that I have worked in the hospitality industry for long enough to say, this is what you need to do. It's that I've worked with enough people who have worked for a long time in the hospitality industry that I can say, this is what they do. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. <laughs> and, and that's, yeah, I will find you. And, and that's the thing about, about your particular uh, niche industry. It's sometimes because of the experiences you've had in other restaurants or other businesses, you see a pattern in what's going on in their industry that they don't see. You're uncovering things that they don't really quite even know what to look for. Like, I, I, tell me a little bit about, about, um, working with people that, you know, how you, you were describing how you, you would open the cash register, close the cash register. How are they even tracking that? How is it possible that you know those types of things? So technology's come a long way. If you go into a place that's cash only, they've got a cash register or they, maybe they don't even have a register. They just have like a box that they put money in. You, unless you're pulling fingerprints off the key that opens that box, you don't know who's opening it. You certainly don't even know when they're opening it. But everything now is, you know, is on a network. It's in a cloud. And I don't need to be there watching your employee void out a food item, pop open the door, pull the money out, and then close that check and have the check balance. I can go in the cloud, pull that report, send you a report about that employee and say, hey, we don't need to, if, if you want to look at security camera footage, this is where we need to do it. So this is, I mean, my whole job is not like pointing out sketchy behavior. A lot of the job is also saying, you know, uh, how, how well can we expect to do this month? Um, what were the best sellers this month? What do we need to move more of? What do we need to make more of? Um, what's our inventory like? But it, you know, with, with the auditing it consider California just real quick and how difficult it is to hire and or fire anybody here. Mm -hmm. Having these tools to make the right decisions, to, to back up your decisions, to have the reporting to say that this decision is founded, is well-founded, um, that's priceless because you could spend all day with the labor board without them. Well, I mean, how about just understanding uh, what your pricing is like for a particular item. Like if you're, if you're priced at a point where this thing is selling out, maybe you want to mark it up a little bit or vice versa. Maybe your product is really good. You just have it overpriced and you can sell more at a smaller margin. So, you know, you can, you have the ability to track not only, you know, the, the number of transactions, but where you can uh, split test certain things. So you can mark different items at different place by different price points and track all that data and, and look and see like, okay, you know what, this product is really good, but it's really only good from like nine in the morning to 12 in the afternoon. And after that, it doesn't do so hot. So maybe we should only stock so much. So it's, it's really data mining. Doesn't it feel like it gets overwhelming with the amount of data that you're collecting? It can, if you don't know where to look. Um, I think for a lot of restaurants, they know in California, especially if they're restaurants that are kind of built by chefs, 
there there's a lot of awareness that like there's two places you need to be careful for um, your food costs and waste and labor and you're seeing kind of a shift in hospitality um, to things that are very streamlined in those two areas you're seeing a lot of places that are doing well migrate to a more tapas kind of style um, situation uh, instead of table side service where servers sitting there taking down your order and all your orders come with beans and rice and chips and da 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 da. It's like, no, you get this one plate and if you want to order the beans, you order the beans. And if you da 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 and that keeps down on waste. It allows you to upsell more. And it's something that can be done uh, with a very small menu at a counter. So you don't have a server on the floor. So th there's a lot of metrics being pulled from these systems like that that are creating new service environments that we're seeing in California as minimum wage goes up, you know, as uh unemployment goes through the roof and as food costs go up, uh, the supply chain for that's going crazy right now. So these tools don't just drive how your business grows. They drive how your business operates. I'll sit down with a new client and we'll look through the settings of a system and there will be questions that come up that they haven't considered yet. How are you going to tip your employees? Is there a pool? Do you tip them hourly? Do you tip them based on the tables they're waiting on? What do you do? You know, and they don't think about that until you sit down with the software and it, and it challenges you. So these tools in a lot of ways are framing how these business op businesses operate. There's a, there's a lot of times where we talk about this in business and it's it's about the systems that you put in place um, because your business becomes something that you can sell that anyone can operate. And when when you're describing that, it's very much in line with developing a, a standard operating procedure for a lot of the processes that they kind of just take for granted that, you know, when, when somebody comes in the restaurant, you know, they sit down, they order their food, they get their food, they pay their bill, they leave a tip and they go. And it sounds simple, except what happens when you overflow? What, what tables are available? What's the hostess role? What's the average tip count? Who's cleaning off the table? Like all these other little intricacies that Unless you've been in the hospitality business, you have no clue. I have no clue how that works. I've never, been, I've never done that sort of stuff. But you're, but what you're, what you're describing is things that we're implementing. Things that I use now, where like maybe I have an app for a particular place that I frequent very often, and I can place my order on the app, and it's ready to go. And it takes away from, you know, having that person in there take my order, me waiting. It's just, it's got that smooth flow to things, and they know exactly how many orders are going to be coming in mobile. Then you add in other things like um, like DoorDash or Uber Eats. And now you're starting to compound the, the, the type of transactions that one, that one restaurant or one hospitality place was used to taking. They're used to just making the food, ordering it, and, you know, person sits down, eat, pays and done. Now they have to manage all these different things. So um, as you're implementing these systems, when you sit down with somebody who's getting started, how do you not blow their mind off with all the different things that, that they're going to be having to take on when they're doing this type of, of, of uh, business. Uh, that's, that's a really important thing. And um, I think at the beginning, I overwhelmed a lot of people when I first started out. It is very much like, hey, you're in the deep end. There is no shallow end. There is no way to do this. We're going to go through and we're going to plot out every single possible thing that can happen with your business. And that's not realistic. Um, it helps you get close to what you want to do on a regular basis to kind of try and plot out as much as possible. And that's important. 
because you don't want to just go in and say like, what if we turn nothing on and then just figure it out as we go? Well, your servers are going to hate you forever. Um, but I've learned to kind of like draw the broad brushes, right? The broad brush strokes and say, here's what we definitely need to have in play. We can tweak it as we go. And honestly, that is, that's what I do. That's what makes you it You can't handle the truth. That's, that's what you're telling them, right? That's right. Well, it, it, yeah, and and not just that. You don't know the truth. You don't that's know true. necessarily what's going to happen. You haven't seen what's going to happen when you add systems, when you remove systems, whatever it is. And so I like say, hey, we're going to set this up. We're going to give it our best shot. I think these are the settings based on what you've told me that are going to get you running the way you want to run. But that's not the end of the story. And the good news is, I'm not disappearing. I'm not selling you a bunch of equipment, clicking a couple buttons and going, peace, good luck. I hope you know IT. You know, it's we hang out. We're there for the long haul. I have a two-week on-site guarantee for any of my clients because I know that within two weeks, they'll be comfy. They'll be comfy. They don't need to call me in after that. It's it's very much like within first two weeks, somebody gets a software or they don't. It's the maker version. That's good. One less thing. <laughs> exactly. I think so. That's why I do it. So yeah, you're correct. You don't, you can't handle the truth. You can't handle all that information. You, you need to kind of have a plan that says we are giving it this much time and we know that we're going to get phone calls. We're, we know we're going to have little updates here and there. But the big things, the big things that keep you running, we're going to get those locked away right up front. Yeah. So you're not going to have any hiccups. You might have hiccups on the... Uh, what does this data mean? But you'll be able to get the ticket, have it paid, process the customer. You'll be fine on that end. It's just you're 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 essentially taking somebody who's never done anything like that, maybe turning them from a cash only to a POS system where they can where they can have something where they can accept credit cards, which by now you should be able to. But switching from something as simple as like a like Square or something, and and you're you're taking. Uh, that same POS and you're improving upon it so you can get more data. So you can, you know, essentially talk about, uh, do what we talked about at the beginning, which is fine tune their overall business operations. So it's not just, let me help you collect more money and process via credit card. It's let's look at what you're actually doing. Let's take a deep dive into your business and let's figure out how can we increase your bottom line. Try to make the world a better place. Exactly. I do. That's yeah. No, That's but exactly you nailed it. True. Like I used to, my, my, my catchphrase was a little lengthy at one point in time, but you know, the, the easiest thing I do as a credit card processing rep is save people money. Like anybody that does credit card processing, they're going to tell you, we're going to save you money. We're going to save you money. Easiest thing I do. Saving money is the easy, easy part. Making more money is the fun part. That's where I come in. That's what these tools do. So, you know, somebody can come in and say, I saved you money. Cool. What do you, great. Your business is about more than saving money, isn't it? Don't price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, it, it's not all about that. And if you're running a business purely from the standpoint of how do I save more money? That's, that's not going to get you far. So you need to have the tools that show you where to grow, how to grow, where to cut back. Where's and I mean, some consultants that I've worked with that sit and look at the systems at the end of a quarter, they'll look at the bottom 10% of, uh, you know, lowest profit margin items 
lowest selling and lowest profit margin. They'll knock all those items off their menu. <gasps> yes. We <laughs> They're goners. They're goners. <laughs> yeah. But that's but, valuable. But you know, it you don't is. Want to waste it time. is. Because otherwise they would have continued on with their same practices, not really understanding how much that was affecting their bottom line. You know, it, it's funny because just because an item sells doesn't mean that you're making a lot of money. There's been a lot of businesses who have an item that's super hot and they can they can sell, you know, hundreds of thousands of millions of this particular item. But because they messed up in the distribution, because they messed up maybe in the manufacturing, their profit margin is so small that it's not even worth their time to continue to do this. They need to losers always whine about their best. Exactly. Right. So, you know, and, and it's the same thing to, you know, a gambler playing poker. We we'll always talk about that one hand that 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 we won, you know, that huge pot. But what about all the other losses? If you're not taking into account all the losses that you have in your business, you're done for at a certain point. So you have to align yourself with strategic partners, people who are better at you, better than you at certain aspects of your business so that you can focus your attention on growing that business and not having to worry about some of these other things. That's why people hire a good CPA or accountant. That's why people hire someone like yourself to help manage some of the data. That's why we hire legal professionals. So we don't have to worry about those things. We can focus on that thing that we got into business in the first place, that thing that excited you at the beginning that's what you want to focus your attention on anyways. Everything else is going to just drive you crazy. You're not going to want to do it. You're going to burn out. Absolutely. And I've grown my team because of that. And I think when, when you talk about the, the products that are hot, the products that are moving, but you don't know what they cost you, so much of that is tied up in labor. You, you, you never really, maybe you don't have a calculation as to what portion of your overhead on that product is labor. And for me, if we're building menus, that's a huge amount of labor for me. And I don't want to bill out at minimum wage. I, I, I run two companies right now. I, I don't feel like doing data entry. And so you find people who are like, you pay them well, you, you get them on that, and you have them do that so that you can go do the work that you thrive on. And you, you grow them, you, you nurture them. Um, and, but you make, you make sure the whole time you're aware of where your strengths are and what your clients expect from you. Uh, now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. Oh God. I love, yes. <laughs> Rocky was, was that, that wasn't the most recent Rocky. That, that was like that Rocky was, six. Yeah. Oh, no, that was Bubble. I think that was Bubble. Some of my favorite movies ever. Oh yeah. But absolutely. Oh, favorite quote from that. Friends don't owe. Friends do because they want to do. When Polly's going to jump in here and say, except for Balboa and like Rocky oh, Five. Really? Rocky Five was rough. I don't we know, don't talk man. about Rocky Five. <laughs> <laughs> it's like The Godfather Three. It, it, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. <laughs> this, is, this is out of left field. What are we doing? But you get you, you. You all get the idea. Know your lane. Know what your clients want from you. Know what they're paying you for. And try not to veer too far outside of that. Otherwise, you're going to be kind of like, mm, I am, I'm not doing what my clients want at the level that I can because I'm buried in all this other stuff. And there's a lot of other stuff. So let me, let me ask you this. Um, with, COVID, with COVID coming out, 
Um, there's a lot of businesses who have really taken a backseat to normal day-to-day operations. They've really revamped their processes, their uh, their employee statuses. Even for the most part, a lot of places are going full-on mobile and going to be staying mobile um, as far as you know having retail locations. You can't really do the same thing for hospitality. Uh, how has your business been affected, and how when and how has have you seen the effects of of COVID on, uh, on your merchants? Big question. Okay. Um, where to begin? Online ordering is huge. DoorDash, Uber Eats, Postmates, they're making piles of money. DoorDash, I think has been, uh, probably dragged harder than anybody else because they're doubling the price of typical food items by the time you order it. So the idea is take those disruptors who who were initially very cool and uh, revolutionary because all of a sudden anybody has access to delivery and disrupt that further. And I have systems that do that where you don't have to go through them to do your online ordering. Now your delivery situation, that's a completely different animal. But if you can figure that out, you know, we have delivery modules where if you have a driver you're comfortable with that you can ensure, then you give them a little app on their cell phone and they're going to be able to figure out where to drop off this food, no problem. And they'll know where to drop off the next food, the next food item and so on and so forth. So those things, you know, the, there's software to facilitate kind of consolidating all those systems into one system if you want and cutting out all the people who are trying to uh, take large chunks out of every purchase. Um, in terms of getting back online, this is a great weekend to talk about it because we just, San Diego's trying to go live again, right? Mm-hmm. And it's been, I've been slammed. Everybody's going from saying like, oh, we need to take it down to one terminal to we need 20 terminals tomorrow. And it's, <laughs> it's very stressful. Um, and it's not, it, it's, it's a huge adjustment. Um, and I believed in you for a long time. Okay. <laughs> that's what they're saying. And I'm like, I am only one man, I, but I, I've got a team, you know, I've got, I, I'm not, I didn't develop all this software. There are people. I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. Johnny Ringo. Johnny anyway. Ringo. <laughs> so my, my kid's name is Wyatt because of that movie. Just so you know. Really? Nice. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's the, the virus is, is, is um, there were a lot of, a lot of these things. Online ordering, the move to online ordering, the the move away from uh, table service to a more tapas style counter service kind of uh, style. Those were all things that were coming um, in California as minimum wage increased, um, as food costs increased, as real estate prices increased. You just need to do more with the space you have and with the employees you have. Um, the coronavirus has sped those up. It has moved us in this direction faster. So a lot there's there's a crowding out of certain types of restaurants, um, and I, I shouldn't say a crowding out of certain types of restaurants, a crowding out of certain types of service um, that you might be accustomed to that just don't make sense in California anymore from a cost perspective. Um, and so what I'm doing is putting in the tools that make sure that as you do this, how much of it can be automated, how much how much of this needs a human hand on it. Do you need a person answering the phone to take an order? No, you don't. That's that's the easy thing. Everybody knows we can get rid of that. Do you need 17 tablets around your stand to tell you what orders are coming in from Uber Eats and Postmates? No, you don't. Even if you want to work with them, you can condense it down into your POS. We've got things for that too. You know, So making sure people are able to automate 
where they can. And that when those systems are put into place, your networks kick ass, your cameras kick ass, so you can monitor your employees and that you, you don't drop that. Automating sounds all awesome. And then you get down to the brass tacks of automating something, which is you need to make sure that those systems work all the time, that they don't break down. And I, you and I, we all work with software. We're working with it right now. It's frustrating. So you need somebody who can help you out with that stuff. Terminator, man. Once yeah. once Google becomes self-aware, that's going to be a whole new ball game. No, I, I mean, keep, I keep arguing with game. you, though, man. You got to have those systems in place. You got to have them in place so well that it's a well-oiled machine and it's just going to keep operating, yeah. giving the best possible service. If those systems ain't right... It, business my is dream, too easy to fall apart. My dream when I set up this business was to have a set it and forget it business. So many systems I can sell as set it and forget it. And a couple of them, they're further, far enough along in their life where I can like very confidently say it's set it and forget it. You're not going to have a lot of support calls to me, to their support, to anybody. You're going to know how it works. It's going to work. A lot of this technology, though, is brand new. Um, people taking payments at the table with the chip cards. Chip cards are within the last five years. You know, this is all really new technology that was pushed on people. It's not all there yet. It's not all set it and forget it. I am the guy when you can't set it and forget it. I get called when it's not set. I get called when you forget. So it's it's um, it's a very, very tricky landscape uh, as we're improving technology and changing the way we do business. But it's, it's something, again, it's something that can be done, right? You don't have to worry about, is it possible? Is it not possible? Uh, is my business ready for this or not? Like, these are things that if you're starting a business today, this is how the world operates. This isn't what, you know, sh you should do in the future. This is how you should be running. If you're starting anything in the restaurant business, if you don't have those automations in place, you are far behind the pack, right? There's very few restaurants that succeed as it is already. It's very difficult to get into the restaurant business and be a successful business. The up So you're telling me there's a chance. Right? The upfront capital is is intense when it comes to the hospitality business. So you might you got to make sure that you invest some of that capital in these systems so you can not only process these things correctly. It's easily trainable. Your staff knows exactly how to run it. But again, so you can pay attention to those margins and where you're where you're bleeding or where you can patch things up to move forward. It I mean, how vital would you say having the systems in place today compared to 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago? You don't you don't need to ask me, man. Um you can talk to my clients um because they come to me. The the math is being done in their heads and I can see it. I'm not here to put people out of work. But I'm telling y'all, if you're working in the service industry, your managers, your owners, the, not your owners, that's rude. Your, the people who own the restaurant, they're coming to me and they're, they're saying, if we put a tablet in everybody's hand, could I pull a server off the floor? I don't know. I'm not telling you you can, but I'm saying they're going to spend a lot, lot less time walking back and forth. So maybe that frees them up to take more orders more quickly and you're looking at spending a couple more bucks a month and saving $36,000 a year plus FICA taxes plus any employment liability. Like 
this conversation has been happening for a while and it is happening more often. And it is just now everybody's like, we're not, we're done thinking about it. We're doing it. We're putting electronic devices in people's hands. Um, we're taking people off the floor. There is no room for excess labor in this, in this economic environment. Tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. It's what we have to do, right? It's just the way things are today. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah, and I, I'm not here to hurt feelings. Like I, I'm not. I don't know if I put people out of work, but I know that that's the kind of that's the tone of the discussion that happens with a lot of these restaurant owners. And you got, you know, and people got to understand it's not that we're trying to put people out of work when you have efficiencies. It's you're trying to run an efficient business. You didn't start a business to employ people. You started a business to help people out with your particular product or service. The employment happens to help that process, that product or that service. You didn't start a business to make your employees rich. I'm sorry. That's not the intention, right? We want to make sure we keep our employees. We don't want turnover. So we want to make sure they can do their job correctly, accurately, um, to the best of their capabilities. We want to pay them a fair wage to do all that stuff. But at the same time, we operate a business whose sole purpose is to provide a product or service and to make a profit. And if we have to, in whatever we're doing in between, that's what that's what we have to do. That's how that's how we're going to survive. Especially when you come into situations like COVID, like where things shut down. Man, it's it's as cutthroat, do or die when it comes to a lot of these establishments as you can get. They're barely staying afloat right now, barely. And and if you try to, you know, is it is it a matter of five dollars an hour for this person, ten dollars an hour for this person, versus setting up a, a system that's efficient that will take the place of that person, that individual, but the business survives, the customers still get that product or service. It sucks, but that's business. It reminds me of um, the new uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that came out, where. Uh, Charlie's dad was displaced from his job because he doesn't get to put the the cap on the toothpaste anymore. There's a mm-hmm. machine that puts the cap on the toothpaste. But at the end of the movie, what's Charlie's dad do? He services the machines that put the cap on the toothpaste. What I'm saying is if you've worked in the service industry and been displaced by a machine, you have a knowledge of the service industry. You have a knowledge of the systems that it works with. There's job opportunities like what I'm doing, like Several agents that I've hired um, previously, they, they come from service industry because they know the systems. It's, it's intuitive to them. It's easy for them to go and inform people of what they like about it and be very sincere, right? So it, it is to say whether if, if this technology displaces employees, because it is cutthroat, it is not personal. This is just like there is either you you need to be moved out of the way for automation or there is no business to be employed by. That's that's what's going on. Um, but if that's the case, there are still opportunities um, as long as you're willing to hustle, as long as you're willing to learn. Service is not going away. So how do you use it? Where do you? Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Damn straight. <laughs> so I, I, would, I, would, I would say like, hey, if you guys are worried that I'm putting you all out of work, no, no, I'm, I'm just changing, changing the, the landscape. I'm just, we're all, 
working in a very, very new environment. And these tools, man, I'll tell you, these these hardware providers, these software providers, they're still figuring it out. Yeah. A lot of people are, you know, claiming they got the the end all cure for your business woes. And it's like, I believe that for a second, and then I saw what happened the other day. You know? Well, that's that's the thing, is is you might have the perfect solution. The problem is tomorrow, that problem that that solution is solving has changed. And that's what's going on with, with everything technology-wise. I mean, in my lifetime, I went from playing outside till the lights came on to playing Super or regular Nintendo, Super Nintendo, all the way to this weekend I was playing a, a Beat Saber on, on the Oculus where I was like using my lightsaber and like literally these blocks are right in front of me, right? Technology has advanced so fast and it's not slowing down. We're getting more and more advancements in everything, which means we're getting better and more efficient with a lot of the processes. And if you're not willing to change, if you're not willing to learn a little bit something to go with the times, you're going to get left behind. I mean, it's technological Darwinism. It, it, and I see, I, I don't any envy anybody entering the point of sale space, the merchant services space at this point in history. Um, my job has not gotten any easier. It's gotten I'm working twice as hard for half as much money is what's happened, right? And there are people in this industry and I run into them and it's like, oh, you're you're hustling that one point of sale. You you are a W2'd employee for one software solution. My company is a broker. We work for several software options and several point of sale, uh, uh, credit card processors that we can mix and match. And if you're stuck selling one option, Options are getting mowed down left and right in, in every industry. This is no different, you know? So you, you, for us to stay afloat, we are always on the lookout for people providing what's new and what's shiny because it, it, it better work. We, we like my job as, as CEO of this company is to source good vendors, um, pr products that actually do a damn thing that, that adds something extra, that does something different than the last thing. Um, but, but in general, like people want new and they want shiny. And if you're not, if you're stuck with one company as a W2 employee for that company, understand that your, your job's lifespan is a year, year and a half tops. And then you're going to be doing something else. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so wild out there. I don't know how anybody survives selling one thing. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> well, hey, and Andy, I've had a fun time talking with you today. I mean, you know, it, the fact that you're you're right, everything's changing. We are chasing that next shiny object. It better freaking work. That's for damn sure. Um, and just when you think you got it right, it will change. So, you know, I, I kudos to you for continuing on that on that quest on that mission. Uh, there's there's nothing cooler to me than opening a new electronic toy so I, I figure in your space you get to do that and you get to do that for other people and open their eyes it's kind of like christmas for them oh this thing works amazing you're so great uh, but then you also have to deal with the tech calls so <laughs> it is what it is though yeah it's it's always really exciting when somebody's like oh it does that and yeah that's always very satisfying and the goal is to like keep that rush right wait for those software upgrades and go like we finally do this oh yeah <laughs> Yeah. Well, thanks, yeah. man. Thanks for being on the program. Uh, really quick, uh, any last-minute stuff that uh, that you wanted to make sure to mention? 
And we'll throw up your banners up here real quick to make sure yeah. people can get in contact with you. We don't just sell and install our point of sale systems. If you bought somebody else's point of sale system, we are a licensed uh, Enoch Enterprise Networks on Call, another company um, that I started with my low voltage contractors license. We'll wire your building. We'll get you that kick-ass network that you need so that the cool systems that automate your stuff don't go offline, um, that they run reliably. So if you're uh, experiencing a lot of empty dining rooms right now, like we can get in there and make a mess of stuff and clean it up perfect so that all your systems, your audio, your visual, your, your point of sale, your music, yeah, all of it is jamming. Perfect. Take advantage of the time. Now's the time. It's a great Plus- time. Plus, you guys got some of those PPP loans. You got some of those small uh, small business administration loans. Might as well put those things to work. Just W2 me. I won't say anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies and gents. Andy, thanks a lot for being on the show. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, guys. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.